1: you
0: Welcome to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that is going back in the dark reaches of our minds and our histories to unveil dark secrets that have stayed
2: dark for a dark, dark time. I'm Alex. New darknesses sort of has that fresh smell, but old (laughs) darkness, oh boy, that sort of has like a dank, mushroomy scent to it. And that's what we're doing today. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are
0: going to be talking about Riverdale Season 5, Episode 12, Chapter 88, Citizen Lodge, the much-discussed flashback episode, second flashback episode the show has done last, not last season, Season 3, I believe, was the Mm. Midnight Club episode, the flashback in time to the 80s, to show us the origins of Griffins and Gargoyles, among many other things. We got to see the teen cast playing their parents on the show, which was a lot of fun. And it included a little glimpse of Mark Consuelos' son, Michael Consuelas, playing young Hiram Lodge. There was just a little blip there. Now, this time, we're going forward in time. This takes place after the Midnight Club. And we're seeing the origins of Hiram Lodge Nay, Jaime Luna, with an episode that was very heavily hyped, particularly by the behind-the-scenes folks. We talked to yeah. Denise Ndredre, the set decorator. She said this is a very special episode. Brian E. Patterson, who's the writer of the show, has been talking it up a lot. A lot of the other writers as well called this out very early in the season as their favorite episode, maybe even of the show, potentially. Yeah. Uh, and just to give you guys a little bit of recap, there's not much recap you need to know for this one before hey, we jump into. In this is a learning episode. Yes, learning. That was uh, Apocalypse. Oscar Isaac is Apocalypse in the movie X Men Apocalypse. Oh, we all wow. got the reference. He puts Every his hands on the
2: TV and he says, "Learning." Oh. I think uh, about that all the time. A perfectly I, uh, crafted reference to a perfectly <laughs> crafted movie.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I don't know why you would reference a movie that was not good, but okay.
2: All well, right.
0: usually at the top of our Riverdale podcast, I recap previously what's happened on Riverdale and also an X-Bad movie.
2: Oh, right, right. Is there a more forgotten movie in all of time
0: <laughs> than that one? So very briefly, though, what you need to know going into this episode is that Hiram Lodge has been mining palladium. A rare metal in the town of Riverdale. He <laughs> initially built a private prison to hide that he was secretly mining palladium and used the prisoners to do that. He orchestrated a breakout of the prison because he was tired of it and he had already mined all the palladium. The other place which we get confirmation of uh, that the Palladium exists, is under the Blossom Maple Farms. We don't see it necessarily that pay off a lot this episode, but that's kind of an important detail to know is he's still gunning for that rare metal and all the wealth that it brings. And Reggie Mantle is working as his right-hand man. We also find out more about why that is in this episode. And the other thing you should probably know in a more serious bent is we have previously dealt with the fact that Reggie's father hit him That is something that Reggie dealt with. He stood up to his father. He moved past it. And that's something that we loop back to in this episode, which focuses almost exclusively on Reggie and Hiram and young Hiram through the flashbacks. Before we get into the specific plot... What did you think about this episode? Was it overhyped, underhyped, properly hyped? How
2: did it hit you? Justin? Riverdale does a great job of sort of referencing other movies, introducing movies from the past to a new generation of, of viewers. And here we get sort of the the gangster movie uh, episode that does have a lot of that sort of classic cinema touches, um, which I thought were really cool. Um, the train going by, we see a couple times, um, in, in Vito's hangout, like little touches like that really feel like old school gangster movies. Pete, what about you? What was your takeaway from this?
0: Uh,
3: this was a lot. I mean, um, you know, when you talk about Hiram's past, you, uh, you know, it's assumed it would be harder because of how hard Hiram is, you know? And, um, It started kind of sweetly with the dad and his, you know, son, Lashine and Chews, and, like, it really kind of took a lot of turns, which is classic Riverdale. Um, But I was most surprised by Reggie. Uh, This was a Reggie kind of tearjerker app I wasn't ready for, but, like, uh, the father-son stuff was crazy. Um, He is very mature uh, to be okay with his father so quickly. Um, That is a kind of emotional intelligence that I I am envious of. But man, that uh, that was some powerful stuff, that hug at the end there.
0: Yeah, I appreciated the fact that this was a very focused episode. One of the things that we like about Riverdale is that it is all over the place and takes wild swings and goes crazy places all the time. But that they are also able to have this mood that... This episode is about Reggie. It's about Hiram. That's pretty much it. Charles Melton gets Mm -hmm. some really good acting moments, like you said, Pete. Mark Consuelos gets some really good acting moments too. Even Michael Consuelos does. Um, They throw in a bunch of other fun Riverdale flourishes there, but the story is pretty straightforward. I think, like you were saying, Justin, it's a gangster movie. You know the beats of the gangster movie, and it's. You could feel them pushing a little harder in terms of the shooting and the camera angles, in terms of the acting, in terms of the focus of the script, like I was saying, and I appreciated that while I was watching it. I liked it quite a bit.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, I agree. This episode has a lot of dads and sons taking turns talking to each other. Yeah. There's a in the and in the beginning of this episode you've got uh Mr. Mantle talking to Hiram, Reggie talking to Hiram, Reggie talking to Mr. Mantle. It's like a, a little uh carousel of dads being mad at their sons and other dads. Well, yeah. hats and dudes, dudes uh, and dads. To
0: that end though, we other than very brief moments in the flashback, we don't get to really see most of the rest of the cast. I like that. I thought that was good. Did you like that as well, Pete?
3: Uh, Well, first I (laughs) want to say the use of Archie in this app as Fred Andrews was, oh, just a moment of pure, like, oh, but so sweet, so nice. Just one Uh, shot, the one
0: shot you're talking about.
3: Yeah, yeah, where it was like. What did you think about the shot
0: of Jughead, of Cole Sprouse's FP sort of slouched in a diner, uh, bench. He was just kind of sitting there, and the camera passed by him. I thought that was really powerful too, because that really reminded me of Skeet Ulrich's time on the show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a fun, a fun thing for sure. I'm making fun I... of you, Pete. I'm making fun of you. All right. Well, I mean,
2: well, and, uh, but uh, to take Pete's point a little bit, like, sure, it felt like that shot definitely what had a was like an exclamation point of a moment. It definitely right. felt like, and KJ Apa's perf- like. Performance as a, a young Fred Andrews, I thought was like he really embodies uh, the, that role there in that in that one moment. So I, I did think it was cool, but yeah. it, yes, as far as it being like I don't know about powerful. When powerful. I use the word when I use the word powerful, it feels like a big emotional that did emotionally uh, like the, grab you. Well, uh, it was a one shot, like I'm saying, like the culmination of a lot of uh, drama and character and emotion uh, when this was just like a well done moment.
0: Yeah, I thought the uh, bringing back the other cast for tiny, tiny little blips, like the only ones that got. Clearly, uh, Camilla Mendes showed up and did a great job as young Hermione Gomez. She's a major facet yeah. of the episode. But we get Lily Reinhardt as young Alice. We get uh, Madeline, Madeline sure. Petch as <laughs> young Penelope. Oh, that was and, uh, very yeah, fun. talking to that young Hermione. Fun. Very fun. But these are these to me, these are like Easter eggs. They're little things like, hey, remember right. the Midnight Club episode? That was fun. We're bringing these characters back to playing new things. And in a similar way, Marisol Nichols playing... Wait, what was it? Uh, not Abluita, Abluita. Uh oh, God Damn it. Oh, I still can't pronounce that word.
2: No. Ablo- you can't.
0: Ablu. What are you doing right
2: now? No, <laughs> just
0: stop. <laughs> it's fine. This is my problem last it's fine. season. It's I let as not. well? Absolutely. I Stop.
2: I can't do it. You're Why can't I you? do that word? Well, we'll just know. put in a, a vocal, uh, <laughs> just have a computer say it over top of you.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, I can't hear
2: the difference uh, anyway <laughs> when a computer oh, talks. Oh, gosh. It just really Something breaks your mouth. My brain. Well, yeah. let me say it's very funny to me to imagine all these same characters finishing up um, a game of uh, Griffins and Gargoyles and being like, well, Let's go do mob stuff now. <laughs> We've grown up. Uh, and uh, the use of the word skanks, I thought was very funny.
0: Yes. Wow. Very fun. Also love their glasses in the flashback yeah. as well. Yeah. Huge 80s glasses. Love it. Good stuff. And the music. The music is good, too. I love mm-hmm. uh, love a good 80s tune, so that was a lot of fun. Just to – I mean, we can walk through the plot here like we usually do, but it is – Pretty straightforward There's not like A lot of riffs That necessarily go But we do start out With a Jughead narration Which I thought Mm -hmm. Was an interesting choice For this episode Given that He went missing The last episode And we haven't had Consistent Jughead narration This season so far Yeah
2: Why do you think But I like it What do you think it is? The the flashback nature of it And he is, you know, even though the details change, he is the narrator of this story. I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're going to see a book close and it'll say like (laughs) um, how Bughead never happened again. And that'll be the book that he releases. (laughs) It's going to be a
3: Princess Bride moment where it's going to be like, as you wish, and then you realize, you know. Right
0: past that bughead slander, Pete.
3: Yeah, he'll he'll
2: be slamming the book closed at uh, Betty and Archie's wedding and be like, "Here's how we got here.
0: (laughs) Here's my gift to you. The story (laughs) of all the fucked up stuff." (laughs) Here's another voicemail for you guys. I recorded another voicemail. (laughs) Happy wedding,
2: happy wedding, Archie. Yeah, his narration, him telling a story of Riverdale, is a long voicemail he leaves on Ben's <laughs> phone.
0: I, I also like how the I show. I thought this was going to be cut off earlier, but here, real quick, here's a Griffin. And this is a storyline about a stick monster that lived in the woods. Um <clears throat> I liked how the show uh, is,
3: uh, you know, getting more and more meta, where we have Hiram watching you know, the show,
0: uh, you know, and then kind of like commenting on it. I thought that was a fun moment. Well, you're jumping forward to the end. Let's jump to the beginning. So Jughead's narration, uh, we also get the setup of the whole Citizen Kane of it all. As Jughead's asked, what is his rosebud as it were? It was interesting to me that it didn't more closely follow Citizen Kane versus like Uh, A mobster movie pretty straight up Like there were little flourishes here and there But I thought based on the title And this is something we speculated That we would get the Citizen Kane structure Of in the present day Some newspaper person Whether it's Betty, whether it's Junkhead or somebody else Investigating Hiram Lodge And uncovering these things in his past But we got something very different and I think that's fine
2: Well, in what I think what we like we've talked about in the past, the way that Riverdale does references and homages is sort of like not doesn't follow the map directly, um, which I think makes a lot of sense. It just uses them as touchstones, so we get just the vibe of Citizen Kane, the vibe of of a a mob movie, the vibe of Goodfellas, the vibe of of any of Mm -hmm. these. So it really is just like sort of telling the story it wants to tell without being beholden to like the exact format of Citizen Kane.
3: Plus we're also uh, tackling the issue of palladium and how it can make you do evil things. You know, Mm -hmm. you've experienced that, right, Pete? Oh, if you see palladium one time, you're going to devote your whole life to it. And it's, it's, you see, you know, I've had family members throw their life out the window over palladium, you know, and it's just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, It's tough. It's tough on people.
0: Anyway, uh, so then we go back to this (laughs) montage. Uh, Reggie is at the car dealership. He's reading Mighty Crusaders, an Archie book, which is a fun little Easter egg there. Then Marty comes in, wants Reggie to, uh, I don't know what I wrote down as this note, but basically Reggie is leaving to go to Hiram and Marty's like, no, don't go to Hiram, setting up that conflict that you mentioned earlier. Uh, Hiram gets a call. He has been looking for somebody. He says he's going to handle it himself tonight. We get that looped back at the end of the episode. As we find out, it's Vito Alto, who he's discovered in a nursing home, and he murders, like, straight up shoots in the face. Sure. Yeah, no pretense.
2: He double murders him. He suffocates him and shoots
0: him. (laughs) Yeah. That's (laughs) That's how you know. Yeah,
2: don't need to do both. (laughs) But I guess, you know, when you want being thorough, Mm. is always. Do
0: Do you think he's a real Rasputin type, this Vito Alto? They need to dip him in the water too. Just keep killing him until it really takes.
2: Do you think Rasputin was really? He was like, "You can't kill me with just one murder," <laughs> or did he like? Was it something maybe he built up? Like, hey, after I die, talk about how I was very hard to kill. <laughs> Probably <laughs> something like that. That's what I'm going to do too. Oh yeah, smart, smart. Uh, you weren't just but- doing a
0: podcast. There were two other reasons you died.
2: That's right. <laughs> the podcast <laughs> wasn't strong enough to kill me. Uh we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Do, we'll see. Doing a little research on palladium as we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Did you know that palladium is found in the rare minerals Cooperite? Whoa. Whoa. That's the smoking mineral uh, gun that we yeah. haven't mm-hmm. talked the ghost about. How hey, are you going to tie this gun. back
0: to Bargey in some way?
2: I don't because, know yet. I don't know because yet. Because if it's What
0: <laughs> was well, it Cooperum? Cooperite. Yeah. Cooperite. Cooperite. Because if Cooperite yeah. is in pal-ladia, that seems to imply they're just friends. Oh, that's Justin. not
2: good. Oh. Uh, interesting.
0: Well, when you you accused like- me of being a bughead <laughs> last episode, and I'm just going to lead into it. You're you into it.
2: That's what you are. I absolutely you, am not. You are secretly. See, you don't even realize it. That's here's the thing, thing, you, here's you the thing. I didn't want to it.
0: talk about this but uh, somebody brought asked it up? Me, no, you, people keep bringing it up Because you brought it up on the last episode of the podcast it yeah. me of being a bughead Even though I'm See, like, I follow the that, story It's not I an story, you that's follow story. That's what you I say. follow the story No, you accuse me and people Boo, are like Fuck aside. Alex for being a bughead <laughs> <laughs> All these Barchies coming out of the world was Like, I don't like him anyway take And so aside. I put up a post that I thought <laughs> I honestly thought was like, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to come out as a Barchi. I've been an original Barchi shipper, which, you know, because we started this podcast. We were like, Barchi's going to happen for like three but, seasons before I gave up. And I put up this post and Bughead tens were like, yes, Alex is on our side. And I don't know what I said where I put up this Barchi post. And it, it got um, um, approved and beloved by bugheads. Uh-huh. That's Who what I'm saying now.
2: What, you're what? you're an, uh, an unconscious bughead. You don't even realize what you're doing. You're trying to fight it, and you're still <laughs> only proving the point even harder. Because oh it's only true believers, only true Barchi believers can really hang on through thick and also thin. I'm
3: sorry.
0: Is this the part of the show where we complain about Twitter? What's happening right now? What's That's happening right now is I'm talking about serious issues about our Riverdale podcast that are affecting me in real life. You know what? I'm going to be a, a betatha I'm a betatha shipper from now on.
2: Hardcore. You, you, can't, you, have to f- you
3: can't just say hardcore and be so flip floppy. It doesn't go and, like that. And, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst.
2: Like a lot of characters on Riverdale, words, but... Alex, you need to follow your heart. And yeah. I think, unfortunately, your heart is leading down the wrong path, the peak <laughs> path, to Bughead, when really the true path, the origin of love, is. Oh, um, stop. Is origin of love. I'll, I'll see fuck you. With that. I'll see you at the end of this season, kid. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what I'm I'll really glad this. we
0: got into this in the middle of this episode that has yeah. literally nothing to do with this. Okay, so.
2: Um, I... Alex, every episode has everything to do with this. <laughs> and if you knew that, then you would really be a uh, you,
0: if you read the clues of Hiram's backstory, you can see why Barchi is Endgame. 100%.
2: Yeah. Little baby Veronica we see in this episode. Stop being her a first, flip-flopper, you her
0: first fucker.
2: Jarchi twir- <laughs> <Georgie laughs> Endgame. I've always said that since the first
0: episode.
3: Jarchi Endgame.
2: Um, you're just throwing sawdust in the dynamite, Alex, and it's only going to hurt you down the line.
3: What, what saying is that? I've never
2: heard that before. Check it out. It's right next to P- Cooperite and Palladium. Right, Cooper. uh, and again, th- it out. let's be honest, just like Riverdale, we started talking about minerals and we ended up talking about true love. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at These were
0: consistent to the show. So Reggie comes in with a suitcase of money. He's going to pay back Hiram for his dad's debt. That's why he's been working for him all along, which I thought was a really nice explanation of what's yep. been going on. But Hiram wants one last favor he wants a ghost gun, which is yeah. the spookiest Fair. of all Good. the I guns. Mm-hmm. You, now,
2: you know. I have a question here. Pete, you brought this up as well, so maybe you know. Is this a gun that shoots ghosts? Or is this, <laughs> a, gun, is this a gun that died and became a ghost?
3: That's it. Exactly. It's a ghost gun. Yeah. It's a, It used to be a gun, but now it's a ghost of a gun.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. when you have a ghost gun, can it only shoot ghosts? Or can it only shoot non-ghosts? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, yeah, it depends on what kind of bullets you got in your ghost gun. I mean, it can you, go you could put
2: way. you could put regular bullets in a ghost gun. Yeah, I do think yeah. you need ghost, 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 ghost bullets. In that you ghost would gun. like
3: to think so, but you know, magic's weird.
0: So it's not a gun that died because that's what I thought happened. Yeah, or it was a gun that was murdered. Yeah, untimely Ooh. death. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yes, of course, murdered. That's otherwise it wouldn't come back as a ghost. That's if The gun didn't have unfinished business. <laughs> that's uh, right. The then we go over to the car dealership. Marty is being a real jerk to the McFarlands that are coming by. They just want to buy a car, and he's being terrible Whoa, about horrible. it. Horrible. But Reggie uh, does Stays that sales it. pitch, locks it down, gets the kid laid in the car. Weird thing to say it in front that. of somebody's dad, but it works. It's great. The kid's like, "I'll oh, buy the car."
2: That oh, whole scene was was wild for a number of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like it was. It had a dream quality to it mm-hmm. because of. I think it was maybe shot in the different uh, spaces with some green screen going on, um, but also the way that the <laughs> the way that Mister Mantle b- blows it so hard. Reggie comes in, slicks it up, and then it works instantly. Yeah. Uh, what is they, a car What is a car but a sex bunker on wheels? <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, man.
0: And That's sort of how I, I think of my car. It, <laughs> oh, but dude. we do get this very dramatic scene right there. Where I'm Reggie's never going to stent- ride in your car again, by the way. That is an awful thing to say.
2: Well, Pete, not everyone that goes to the sex bum- bunker has to have sex. Some people are murdered there. <laughs> and some another people use it to
0: get it. from one place to another. Well, it's, not not just- very, it's not very efficient in the sex bunker because it doesn't go very far, but... Yeah. Yeah. I always think about a sex bunker as a
2: car without wheels. (laughs) That's true. That is true.
1: Yeah.
2: You're always trying to be wondering why they're not gassing up the sex bunker. (laughs) Yeah. Where are they going? They just
0: got in the (laughs) sex bumper. Where are they going? Nowhere, I guess. Hmm. So Marty is pissed. And then we get a very nice dramatic scene with Reggie standing up to him about beating him previously. I'm glad we loop back here. I think our feeling on the storyline is it ended rather abruptly when they dealt with it in the episode prior. Yes. But uh, what did you feel? How, how did you feel about how they treated it here? Because something we've talked about a lot on the podcast is but how Riverdale only sporadically is able to deal with serious subjects like this. So did they do a good job here? Well, I think
3: um, no is the answer, because <laughs> it's usually no across the board. But they do... Kind of like uh, fast forward Reggie's being able to deal with you know the abuse that his father gave him. I mean, I love the line of "You've been punching down to uh, uh, to me your whole life." Like that was like really powerful and awesome to be able to him for him to say to his dad. I mean, where they end up is uh, is beautiful from the stuff that goes on, but it's just kind of really fast forwarded. But uh, you know,
2: well, I- yeah, and like. I I hear that, Pete, but I also think they did a good... They took ownership of the story that they told and dealt with it in a way where, like, Reggie's hurt by it, but he's also confronting it. He's not, uh, not hiding from it, and it's not like we... I don't think the show n- needs to show the consequences in the real world of, of this about like how the process it would be to heal that fully or to like face justice for it. But I do think it, it, the characters are, are play it pretty well, I thought, and it feels like a real reaction to, to that yeah, given there's... time. One
0: of the lines that I really liked here that got me in the gut is at the end of the scene when Reggie is yelling at Marty and talking about the abuse, and Marty's like, Hiram's a terrible man, and Reggie says something to the effect that Hiram, at least Hiram, never laid a finger on his wife and daughter. Yeah, And that really draws an interesting line, frankly, for Hiram, sort of shows his type of evil or the type of person he is, uh, and also drives it home to Marty, who... I wish I would looked up the name of the actor. I missed that. But he is a sad man, like he is a sad, pathetic man, like a lot of these people are. And he plays that appropriately, I think, for the scene that really drives it home. I don't know if I feel totally good about the reconciliation at the end, um, because I do think hitting your children is an unforgivable act. But in terms of the show and the arc of the episode, I think it works really well. Uh, So that said, jumping over to Hiram and Reggie, drink and talk about Hiram's father. That's when we get into the flashback. We go to New York, 1988. And here's the first fun swerve is Michael Consuelos is playing young Hiram Lodge, but Mark Consuelos is playing his father, Javier Luna, which with classic Hiram Lodge mustache. So I thought that was fun across the board. I was very happy to see that.
2: It must be so fun for, uh, for Mark Consuelos to be playing these scenes with his actual son, who's doing a great job. Like, it's, yeah. in, like, and Mark Consuelos is doing, like, he's doing a good impression of his father. Sorry, Michael Consuelos is doing mm-hmm. a good impression of his father. Um, in, in just in the performance as well. Like, I thought for someone who's not a super seasoned actor. And again, I will reference back to when I was on vacation <laughs> and I saw, <laughs> I saw, uh, Michael Consuelos on, uh, Kelly and Ryan live with Kelly and Ryan with a landmark interview about this episode. Um, you, he really is like, he's a, he's like a nervous kid making his first big role. And I thought he did a great job.
0: I was looking up his previous filmography and I think he's done voice work on like two episodes of Paw Patrol and one other thing, but otherwise his live action work is pretty much previous appearance on Riverdale and this appearance on Riverdale. And to anchor an entire episode like this and do a good job, like you're saying, is very impressive. I, yeah. I do wonder how much is that's just the way he is. He looks like his dad when he's younger. He talks like his dad. He has the same mouth movements and everything versus being a mimic, but either way, uh, yeah, it really works and it works as its own performance as well.
2: Well, I like really... to walk us through your process of taking on the role of Oscar Isaac in um, Apocalypse that you just did. <laughs>
0: so, what I do as our a,
2: as a resident mimic. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, first, I think, okay, there's a TV in front of me, right? There's, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting the name of the what actress is who played what Storm is is somewhere right? in the background. We're in a <laughs> dirty basement somewhere. I've just been reborn, if I remember correctly. Don't actually remember the plot of the movie. And I look also, at the TV. And also no, no
2: one else does either. So, you can say yeah, anything yeah. you
0: want. I look at the TV and I take my hand. And I can put we, my can TV we, on there. Can we stop this? And I realize I'm learning. At which point I say, "Oh my god, learning!" That's how really. I transform myself.
3: Really
2: good. Maybe I, I,
3: I got to be honest. I thought they just did de aging on the act. I didn't know It was a whole separate person.
2: Yeah. Having children is a form of de aging. <laughs> in
0: a lot
2: of ways, <laughs> it ages you in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> Re
0: aging. Yeah Double aging it, Not, du- not yeah. sure. Double aging So what we find out here is This whole thing started Because some guy's like Ooh I can't pay you for the shoe shine To yeah. Javier Luna Instead here's some palladium From a town called Riverdale There's tons of palladium up there oh, boy. And Javier gets an idea Moves them up to Riverdale Gets caught in a mine accident There's no palladium Classic. there Goes back to shoe shining Right outside of Pops Also the mom gets a job at Pops as well Uh, And uh, we get the first note of Hiram's temper when a man doesn't pay for the shoe shine because he doesn't like it. And Hiram steps up to him. And this is where we get this first fracture between Hiram and his dad, Jaime, at that point, Jaime Luna and his dad, where clearly Jaime is quick to anger and his father is not. Uh, What did you think about this? This overall arc between Hiram and his dad?
2: Uh, I like I liked it. Um, the the way some things happen, and we'll talk about that. I'm sure I was like, "Whoa, that's weird and fucked up." But um, but I like this the relationship they have is I think is um is a classic father son in a gangster movie thing, and yeah, and the fact that you sort of understand why um uh, Javier get becomes the way that he does, he sort of has. That passion burned out of him by the way he follows his this like sort of wild dream to Riverdale and then the mine accident uh, sort of they even talk about it like it really takes something away from him. And so he has that more calm, quiet understanding of, of life. I appreciated the nod to a Bronx tale. It was fun. Wait, what was the nod to
3: a Bronx tale? The most of the whole thing The fact where the father goes and says Hey, leave my son alone You know, like that whole thing is just Kind of a nod to
0: Bronx Day oh, okay. The only movie I've ever seen is X-Men Apocalypse So I appreciate mm-hmm. the, the
3: okay. Great
2: gangster movie,
0: really good <laughs> what, Whatever's going on here I feel like doing this podcast Today, I'm really Learning Oh my god <laughs> <laughs>
3: really, you know, really t- improving. I want to see you touch
2: the TV behind you when you do that. <laughs> Sorry, did Oscar Isaac join this Zoom call, or is that you? Yeah. Alex? Do you want me?
0: I can also do the Ex Machina dance if you want. It kind of does like that with the
2: shoulders well, I, a little don't bit. Don't
0: say you can do that. And he rolls That's back good. a little bit. Now all just... the
2: references be hidden. Um,
0: anyway, th- moving on through the episode. So, Jaime asks out Hermione. Her mother doesn't want her to date a man who shines. She is for a living, even though not going to say her name, Herbiades Bob uh, is, uh, is a uh, works at a hotel herself. She works at the Five Seasons, cleaning rooms. Um, so Jaime goes to a gangster and offers to work for Vito. Uh, we meet Vito Alta. I believe I didn't double check this, so sorry if I got the actor wrong, but it's this guy, I think it's this guy, Luis Ferreira who shows up in everything. The weird way that I know him is from Stargate Universe, which is a very... Mm. Did you watch mm. that show? No. <laughs> okay. You said it like you do it.
2: Uh, I love the movie Stargate.
0: Yeah. Uh, Stargate Universe is like... In the Stargate universe, they tried to do Battlestar Galactica, so it was like dark, and Robert Carlyle was a crazy doctor on it. Uh, But he was the captain who's very challenged morally, and he's always good in everything. So, again, if I got the actor wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that's him playing Vito Alta. Uh, And he tells Vito the reason he wants to work for him is he wants respect, and Vito says, well, what you're going to get is fear, which, again, is a very important part, I think, of Hiram's origin story. Uh, Jaime starts off bringing... Uh, oh, go ahead, Pete. I was going to say,
3: and again, not Bronx still. Go ahead.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, brings a delivery from Vito to the bar, the same bar, I believe, that we saw Jughead outside of last episode in the present day. Um, the guy asks his name at a very... Hard slabs him, says you people work twice as fast for half the pay, which leads, of course, later on to Jaime changing his name to Hiram Lodge, thanks to a little help from Hermione. Uh, Jaime gives the money back to Vito, tells him he didn't like the comments about his background. Vito gives him a peck talk, tells him there's uh, more money where that comes from. The dad, of course, doesn't believe him. We get a nice little montage. He buys a leather jacket. Suddenly, Hermione wants to go out with him. She loves respect, that jacket. Respect, respect a leather jacket.
2: I mean, he's in full Donnie Brasco cosplay for yeah. the rest of this episode. It's looking good on him. Who doesn't love a thin leather? My, mm-hmm. my dad had a thin leather jacket, very similar to that. His was like light brown, but I wore it to school when I was a kid and it was dumb looking on me, but boy, <laughs> was it, I felt cool. I
0: used to wear a leather jacket all the time, and looking what? back, it probably looked dumb as well.
2: <laughs> yeah, it did, It did, it, it, yes. <laughs> no, thanks, well, was, thanks for
0: telling me now.
2: Yep, I have sort of think he told you then as well. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't maybe believe him quite so hard. <laughs> no, hey, what's was your cool. What's your experience with leather?
3: Uh, I've yeah, I've, I don't really rock leather. Just the chaps. <laughs> no no yeah
0: not a, not a big fan so he takes her out on a date to pops a very big spender says she can order anything on the menu I mean
2: that anything is you imagine, could you imagine oh. are you talking about ordering the lumberjack breakfast which as we all know is pancakes bacon eggs and french toast Dude, yeah. that's, that's like almost 12 to $13, which is <laughs> squ- so much for a breakfast.
0: I mean, if you go to a really fancy place, you also get some uh, sausage and maybe even a side of ham, and it's still $13, which oh, is so s- much money. S- uh,
2: side of ham. What? Such decadence. <laughs> <laughs> Love a side of ham.
0: So, yeah, she orders the lumberjack breakfast, and he uh, orders moons over my hammy and mm-hmm. uh, a milkshake. Two straws, milkshake. Two yeah. straws. They talk about get the whatever parents. you
2: get whatever you want, but we are splitting a milkshake yeah, because exactly. I'm not going to buy two milkshakes. Mm-hmm. That's so much dairy. No, have
1: much.
2: you? I don't
0: know. I'm probably revealing too much here on this podcast where we already reveal too much. I kind of think sharing a milkshake is gross. What? I don't know. Like but the two straws thing. It's weird to
2: me. Here's the trick. Um, I think what Alex. What about sharing?
3: I, let's say a, a, a
0: Sunday. Two spoons. Oh, that's fine. I don't what know, there's about, something about the drink that's wrong to me. Like Maybe it's about the backwash. Put
2: it, putting a spaghetti noodle in one mouth and then another yeah. one in another mouth, and then you just
0: <laughs> kiss your, your way, way to into
2: the middle. I yeah. did I met my yeah. wife.
0: We were in the alley behind a really nice Italian restaurant. Uh, was it was, nice? Uh, it was the night. It was a beautiful night. No, I said, was uh, it nice? Yes. What?
3: I don't know. Uh, yeah. An alley behind a, a Italian restaurant. I don't know if the word
0: nice Italian restaurant. No, it was great. Me. They put out a table for us. The guy came out with an
2: accordion and started playing. He gave you all the garbage from the kitchen. Did, you could uh, eat the
0: garbage. I bumped over a meatball with my nose. And Wait, wait. Did money erase your memory
3: and give you the memory from uh, a fucking Disney movie? Yeah, the live-action
0: version, though.
2: Oh. I love the... Are you the tramp here or the lady? Because, honestly, yeah. either I, one is... I don't know. Again,
0: I've only seen one movie. I'm just working off of scenes from montages at the Oscars.
2: Were you wow. wearing uh, your the leather Oscar jacket? Isaac Awards, by the way. Of That's, course. <laughs> That's what we call the Oscars. <laughs> yes. He wins every year. As yes, I God. was wearing my leather jacket. But to your point, Alex, I think the trick with sharing a milkshake is your mouths are so close, you might as well kiss. Yeah, exactly. But I would also argue eating that much... Milk is <laughs> anti-kiss. <laughs> yes, because you get a very.
1: That's flemy. why you share it, man.
2: That's why
0: you share it, so you oh, don't have okay. one person. Also, does while we're talking about milkshakes, later on, he is covered in blood. Takes these two yes. milkshakes back, and he's like, "I got to put them in the fridge. Those mm-hmm. aren't going to be good later.
2: It, it'll last for a little bit, half hour. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. No. Just
0: have them. Like what? By the time you got the milkshake, the have the milkshake. Freezer? No, it's going to be
3: Freezer's hard. not going to work. It's gonna get freezer burn. Well, then the you milk. take it out, you let it go a little bit, and then you enjoy
2: it. I think the lesson here is that like Hiram's young life, uh, these milkshakes are fleeting, and you have to <laughs> live as hard as you can in that moment. Yeah. Um, I love a milkshake. It's my go-to order. Mm. Oh, yeah. Black and white shake all day. Chalk milk. No, dude. I don't. don't. Black and white milkshakes are for people that can't make decisions.
3: Fuck yourself! It's the best of both worlds.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think we're kind of uh, saying the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, it's the best of both worlds. You never have to decide which world you want to go to.
3: That's not true.
2: Choose a world. (laughs) Choose a world. Black and white. Interesting Black and white is a child's order Just to bring it back
0: What do you think your <laughs> milkshake order has to do with your ship preference? Because I like a strawberry, banana, black and white uh, What?
2: Oh, that's for <laughs> someone who panics and has no Wants to make all the <laughs> no decisions No the, Put them all in a vat for me Anybody who orders a strawberry milkshake has clearly been shamed on Twitter against their choices <laughs> Uh, we get to see young pop again. We don't get an update yeah. about whether he
0: is dating young Nana Blossom. Unfortunately, I know everybody's uh, shipping Papa Nana, but we don't Papa get an Nana. update on that in this episode. Uh, Hiram t- says he'd like to live in a penthouse in New York. Uh, presaging the fact that they do end up living in a He called it. Wow. Good foreshadowing call. there. Call um, the ball. Yeah. Ooh. And the cops arrest him. The cops have pictures. They want him to talk, but he doesn't say anything. Hermione goes and talks to Vito. Not a rat. Vito bails him out. Uh, Vito... Finds out, like Pete was just saying, Jaime didn't rat him out, gives him a glass of wine and says he's going to be collecting from now on. So he's moving up through the organization. One thing I will say that I really liked about this is it seems like Vito actually has an organization, which sometimes it is not 100 percent clear whether Hiram does.
3: I think that's true. Let me ask you guys. Let's say you're coming up in the gangster world, right? And you go and visit this one dealer and then happen to get photographed by the cops. Would you go back to that same exact spot and do a deal with that same exact person? Because
0: that
2: just seems completely insane. Well, it's not a business. The business is where it is. You Mm got to go to the bar. Yeah. You got to follow the money. Yeah. That's take, take the money. Yeah. Take the money and run. Um, I mean, you know, you know, a date's going. I think we understand business. Uh, You know, a date's going well when you rename yourself in the middle of it. Am I right?
0: Absolutely. It was uh, get arrested.
3: Was it just me or did it sound like he was saying Lodge the whole time? And then she was like, no, it's Lodge.
0: So he they get a second date because now he has a car now that he's been promoted and he wants to change his name to Hiram Lott because he's going to make a lot. a lot of money. And Hermione says, no, 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 do something a little fancier. Call yourself Hiram Lodge, because wow. a lodge is a very
2: fancy place to stay. That's right. There's nothing fancier than a lodge.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could have called himself Hiram Hotel, I guess, but maybe yeah. a little yeah. too Hi-
2: iterative. Hiram Five Star Hotel. Mm-hmm. Hiram, Hiram Penthouse. Pant- oh yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. There it is.
0: We do get that quick shot of Fred Andrews there saying, here, that is so poignant. Right, Beat? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just powerful, it's you right in the heart. Powerful, real yeah. center point of the episode. Yeah. Uh, then Marty <laughs> Marty uh, calls out Jaime, says, You'll still be shining shoes, even if you change your name. Hiram beats him up. Then Hiram comes home, his parents are there. That is pissed, he does not like Vito. And then we get a big. Turning point of the episode, Javier goes to Vito, says, Leave Hiram alone. He's not asking him. He's telling him he'll call the police. At which point, Javier gets gunned down in Pops' parking lot, which is Oof. an escalation.
2: That I is a strong escalation. And who knew that Pops was the <laughs> stage for such a horrifying Man, crime? Pops oh is, God. oh, yeah. How could anybody, eat especially here? when so many people were coming down to the local diner to get their shoes shined? To then have a grisly murder take place right after someone finished a $13 breakfast. Oh, now, shocking. I gotta
0: ask you guys since you've seen other movies, yeah. the oranges is a reference to something, right? Was that a Godfather thing or something like that? The oranges? Yeah. Pops is carrying a crate of oranges and he drops him when yeah. Javier is killed. That I, for the life of me, could not visually place that, but that definitely seemed like something out of a movie
2: specifically. Uh, Yes, that's a hundred percent um a reference to I'm trying to think of it as well. Um it's, it's the, I think it's the godfather. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah.
0: Godfather. uh cool. Uh so there's that, and then we get a quick shot in the morgue. It certainly looks like Dr. Kirtle is there, and I was a little bummed we didn't get to see him
2: holding a baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> holding his son a very oh. creepy baby. <laughs> Um,
0: shows off the body, and then Apollonia Gomez is the name. Yes, Apollonia. And, uh, pleasant surprise here, getting to see Marisol Nichols again. She shows up at the funeral, says he was a good man, even for a lowly shoe. Uh, sh- oh, sorry, he says back, he was a good man, even for a lowly shoe shiner. To well, just her, which is why I say
2: lowly. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, Vito coming to the funeral of the man he killed like the day before yeah. to talk shit—that's fucked up. Everybody's
0: yeah. talking shit at this funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Even the kids, young Alice, young Hermione, and young Penelope talking shit. Everybody, not very very respectful to the memory of Javier Luda, to be honest. Yeah,
2: agreed. Tough
0: call. So so at that point, Hermione talks to Hiram, says she's there for him. Uh, As you mentioned, Video comes to the funeral, pays her respect, wants to come back and work when he's ready. Uh, Lourdes, which is the name of the mom, begs Hiram to give up being a gangster, at which point... Hiram has a turn of his own, he's realized that Vito is behind his dad's death, goes and guns down his lieutenants very badly. He's a terrible shot. It takes a lot of tries to actually kill them. Also, Mm -hmm. why didn't those guys have guns? Exactly. Well,
2: they're playing poker. You don't want to have a gun on hand, especially not a ghost gun, when you're playing cards because tempers can flare.
3: I would think that, uh, you know, if you have a ghost gun, you would keep
0: it on you. You know I mean? Maybe they had ghost guns, but the ghost guns finally finished off the business that they had on Earth and went up to and gun heaven. Wow, gun heaven.
2: Well, you know you can't. You have to keep a ghost gun in a ghost holster, and it's hard to find ghost holsters because most holsters have finished their business. Yeah, which is but holding a gun. If,
0: if you're in the business, you'd know have to call it a holster. That's oh, true. Golster. Holster. Easy word to say. Absolutely. So Hiram comes back covered in blood with milkshakes, as we mentioned. Vito has left town. Hiram goes back to the bar, takes over all crime in the town. And then we get the Hiram we know and love or hate to love, played by Meyer Cuswellis. He's getting a shoe shot at Pops, gives the kid a big tip. Continuing the cycle, we see Hiram getting married. Marisol Nichols is back playing regular old Hermione Lodge at that point. Yeah. We see baby Veronica, Veronica, I believe, played by Camila Mendez again.
2: Is that correct? The, now, talk about vanishing into a role. Wow. The way Beautiful. she does it there is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. really incredible. They're going to move to New York together,
0: and then we're back to the present. Reggie is... Wondering what brought Hiram back, he says it was the Palladium. There was a vein under the prison. It's always been about the Palladium. Uh, He needs to finish what his father started, and this, of course, is the big reveal of the episode. This is why Hiram has done everything that he has done in Riverdale. What do you think about that? Does that track for you? Does that reveal work for you as his main motivation this entire series? I mean, it's Riverdale. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) we—that's an answer of a sort.
3: (laughs) Yeah, there have been flying babies. So, yeah, why not a family obsessed with palladium?
2: Um, Yeah, I think it tracks. I mean, Hiram's also someone who has his other uh, revenges um, that he wants to crack down on. But he has always, I think throughout the series, been driving toward this prison for some reason. And in episodes past, we've been like, why is he opening a for-profit prison? It seems wild. And it this does track as a, a reason to do that, to do something that seems ridiculous. So I think it does track. And I really love the setup here, uh, putting the Lodge family, um, or Hiram, directly um, in, in line to confront the Blossoms. Like, I think that is going to be perhaps a big battle that we will see uh, as the season goes on.
3: But it also makes you be like, OK, we shouldn't look into people open for profit prisons. You know what I mean? Like. What is really going on Like what are they hiding You know or is everyone Digging for Palladium Or are they just Racist assholes You know what I mean Like we yeah. need to get to this Absolutely
2: And we also have to figure out Where the vein of Cooperite Is in town Yeah
0: Oh I Jughead knows <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Reggie completely misses the point of this entire story. Uh, so Hiram wants him to take him to visit Vito at the nursing home. As we mentioned, Hiram kills Vito in the bed. And as Hiram and Reggie with are the driving back with the ghost gun, so nobody can trace it. And mm. the ghost gun redeemed. We see it go up to heaven. There's a beautiful beam of light. Oh, so mm. uh, well done. Gun St. Peter welcomes the gun to the yeah. gates of gun heaven. It's it's a fun little political cartoon or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> you, you've yeah, been reading the New Yorker too much, bro. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So then Hiram dismisses Reggie, says, "Go back to your dad. You're done." And this, in my mind, this is a good thing that Hiram does.
2: Yeah. yeah. He gives him an out. Go. Well, it's, and he yeah he he's trying to like fix the sins of his past. That I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole episode just to start to frame that out is giving Hiram some like better angels as opposed to him just being this straight up evil guy who is just
3: pretty straight up evil.
2: Of course. I'm not saying he's like a hero now, but like Jughead says at the beginning, like he's talking about uh, Corleone, um, uh, Soprano, like these figures that are these flawed protagonists though, that we sort of watch. And just by nature of watching these films that, that are beloved, like we root for these characters, even though they are bad. And I think, We get a little bit of that here in Hiram now. And he doesn't want Reggie to do the same things that he did. So he's trying to save him from that, which I think is a good thing.
0: Yeah, it doesn't redeem Hiram in this episode, but it explains him. And I think that's the point and that's what it needs to do. I think Mark, as well as his performance, I do want to just mention this thing at the end here. So Reggie goes back. He reconciles with his dad, which we talked about before. Uh, But then we get this last scene of yes Hiram on the bed Eating ice cream Watching Hermione and Veronica On Real Housewives I felt like he sees me This is how I like to watch Riverdale And you know mm-hmm. He's doing it and I thought this was great. I love the scene. Just him so proud watching his ex-wife and daughter on TV talking about him, the way that Marcus has played this, just sort of interested and sad and alone and sitting there. And then at the end, uh, he gets a call and he's right back in it. This was Hermosa, right? Calling yep, up as she cleaned up everything, got rid of Vito, um, and he's ready to do this final battle for palladium that we were talking about. But I think that scene before final it really battle. drives home the point of exact, I think... Uh, what, what is Hermione's issue? She says, he's never satisfied by what he has. He will never be happy. And that hits him, and that's true. Like, that is the theme of the episode. That is the idea of Hiram over this entire season. We also get a very funny button for Veronica where she says, was he ever even really sick before he mutes yeah. the TV, which is very funny, tying into the fan conversation around that. Um, but I thought this was great, and I thought it really wrapped it up nicely in a very emotional way.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree um, I The scene was the, They really get into the details on this On Riverdale's iteration of Real Housewives okay. I,
3: I do think <laughs> I though would. If they wanted to kind of like Really get meta So they could kind of see how we experience Riverdale, it should have been a line of coke And a tub of Mountain Dew And then he's like sitting there ready oh, to watch For the
2: Hiram show. watching
0: to yeah, watch yeah, the
2: TV yeah, yeah.
0: A, a whole tub of Mountain Dew But only a line of coke That's right
2: Okay, I well, see where your priorities line. are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's a
0: long line. Yeah, yeah, it's, I have it's a, a line that stretches all around the town.
2: <laughs> uh, I have a question. Um, we just talked about how um, Hiram cuts Reggie loose. He's like, I want to save you from this life. Right. Yet he calls up his daughter, or his daughter calls him, and she is fully embroiled in yeah. this crime th- shit. And like, he does not want to save her. Apparently, well, you can, how do you we squ- save? One. How do we square? Yeah, I mean, you save one. You think he would want to help save maybe someone a little bit closer to him when he's making Veronica? Not that he's pushing Veronica toward crime as well, but he's creating problems for her that she for her that she has used crime to get around and. Like, why is he saving Reggie and not seemingly Mm. concerned with the fortunes of his daughters?
3: Well, you could tell that Reggie started like combing his hair like Hiram, like he was slicking it back. You know what I mean? So I think like Mm. Hiram's in his mind trying to save himself a little bit. Um, where uh, interesting, and then my I mean, he does, does mention to that
0: he's gonna get it all back, right? He's gonna get Veronica back, he's gonna get Hermione back, he's gonna have his whole family together. So maybe his end vision is great, they get out of crime once they have all the palladium in the world or whatever he is going for. But I don't think Hermosa he wouldn't dismiss her because she is still part of that the Lodge family is ultimately triumphant plan versus Reggie is somebody who fell into this and Hiram is taking him out of it. He is pulling him out of it before he is too far in the Lodge family. And perhaps in his mind is already gone. They're already done. They're already in it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That would be okay.
2: my take. What do you think palladium is used for in the world? They don't Sh- hear about it very, very I much.
0: I think you use it to pay for shoe shining.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, wow so it's really hard to find um uh I, here i'm looking it up quickly it's used mm-hmm. for fuel cells so that maybe that's oh, you know, a okay. while but also used in jewelry mm-hmm. maybe a reference to um veronica's work and Ooh. dental fillings Ooh. a lot of money in dentistry oh, yeah. well, this is
0: all palladium maybe yeah. season
2: six is all about evil dentists Ooh, oh, i'm here what for a it.
0: twist
3: yeah, what
2: yeah the morgue is full of baby teeth, old <laughs> teeth that they're just like. Sorry, these teeth are, are are gone. Yeah.
0: Before we wrap up here, any other notes from the episode that you guys want to bring up? I think we covered it. We're good. Yeah,
2: I, I feel well covered on it, and um, a good episode. Uh, I like. We don't get a lot of foreshadowing for a lot of the other main elements of the the story, but I do think really putting Hermione at the Hiram at the Blossoms, I think, is uh, an interesting twist, Um, leaving sort of Archie not necessarily being constantly threatened by Hiram uh, will be fun. And the fact that his goal is to try to get his family back will change his relationship with Veronica in an interesting way as well, I think. I I
3: kind of like uh, when this episode ended, I had a feeling of excitement of what's to come because it's like, Reggie is now kind of loose and can make his own decisions, which is very exciting. But because of the focus of this show, I'm very excited that the next episode, I'm hoping we get like an all Betty kind of trucker app where it's going to be like her, you know, beating up uh, trucker sketches sketchies, uh, you know, as she works her way down the
0: evil highway of hell. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up for real, though, who was the MVP of this episode? A little bit of an easier one, given there's not a lot of characters. But, Justin, over to you. Uh,
2: I'm going to give it up for young Hiram. I'm going to uh, give it up for Mike Consuelos and his um, first huge episode here on Riverdale. Um, I thought he did a great job, like I said earlier. And uh, I, I would like if Hiram is going to become this character that we don't just have to hate, I would look forward to another flashback episode of uh, Hiram, um, young Hiram, climbing up the crime ladder in um, the small town of Riverdale. <laughs> what about you, Pete? Who was your MVP?
3: Well, you know, uh, I'm surprised Justin didn't take this uh, because we talked about how important it was. But I got to give it up for Archie on this episode. I thought his moment in the sun was just so bright and uh, brilliant that it was uh, very powerful and overwhelming. And it was just the overwhelming. Right time. Very, you mean Fred, right, right? Because yeah, he's talking. playing Fred. He's not playing he's pl- Archie. Right. It's K- Archie KJ Appa is playing yeah. Fred. Yeah, right. I'm giving it up for Archie playing Fred. I thought it was just unbelievable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not clear about
2: that? <laughs> well, nothing. Just that's... nothing. Makes total sense the way you're referring to the characters. Yes, right. absolutely. I'm going to. Well, just real quick. Sorry, Alex. Sorry, Alex. Are you saying that this is Archie traveling backwards in time playing Fred, playing his yeah. friend, yeah. impersonating it's re- him? It's in some really-
0: sort of quantum leap situation?
2: Yep. Ooh, mm-hmm. yes. Wow. He does say, oh boy, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. His line when he raised his hand was, hey, Ziggy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We oh. know it. We know. Al. Hey, Al. Al? Wow.
2: Al was the it's guy. It's been a while Ziggy. since I see
0: that show. Ziggy was, like Ziggy the, was computer. the
2: computer. Al was. You were so old.
3: Guy. You guys were so old. Oh, oh old. Sorry, teed. You're <laughs> old. I
2: mean. You're older. Yeah, I think you're the oldest. As now that I think about it.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, this is a tough one because I think everybody was very good in this episode. But I'll actually call out Mark Consuelos. Uh, I thought Charles Milton was also really good. But this was such a serious showcase for Mark Wilson Consuelos. That great. last scene oh yeah she was really good too Mm camilla Mendes was really good it's tough everybody did a good job but it was so focused but that last scene of marcus welles on the bed i just think having that silent scene him reacting to the tv there were so many different emotions that he went through that that really got through to me and really stuck with me and i think that's something that will impact the way that we think of hiram as a character going forward And folks, that's it. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also do it a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube coming out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you. After dark.
2: Is this a g- 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 ghost gun? <laughs> <laughs>